0: And of some sportswear or just want to rep your favorite team. I know occasionally I like to do so. Well, do it in style and shop with the 47 brand. Premium headwear and apparel style since 1947. Officially licensed gear by your favorite team. I have bought a couple pieces from this website. I love the 47 brand. Great brand, great quality, and affordable prices. Go check out the 47 brand. To another episode of the Isaiah Kit Podcast, episode one thirty six, episode one thirty six of the IKP. I'm your humbled and highly favored host, Isaiah Kitt. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, welcome me back. So last week I did a i I did one episode. Um, you know, you guys clicked that you guys did. Well, listen to that. But I did not do I didn't do two episodes last week. I took a break. Uh, NBA seasons returning. Uh, We got the NBA playoffs coming around, coming right around the corner. MLB baseball. It seems like, you know, we're trying to get sports back. Uh, COVID cases are still spiking in certain places. So I hope everybody out there is just taking all the necessary precautions to staying healthy and staying well. So, you know, I, you know, I sit, I sat back yesterday, Monday morning, and I watched everybody talk about how Rondo is hurt and LeBron and how that affects the Laker chances of winning a title. And I just sat back and I was like, okay. And I, you know, I can't, I I already had my thoughts. When I, um, when I sort of, when I sort of reported about Rondo on, you know, I think it was like late Sunday night, or early Monday morning, um, you know, I, I came up with my thoughts and with this Rondo injury, Ron I think this is addition by subtraction. I never thought Rondo meshed well with this roster as far as his play style. Um, while he, when he, when Rondo was on the floor without LeBron, the point margin for the Lakers was negative six point eight. So he, he wasn't effective. He wasn't the most efficient. And I know Vondo, he, he you know, throughout his career, these those last these last few years, he's had playoff series where he has looked really good and he's been really good. But he's in the back end of his career. He he's, you know, this is a reincurring injury injury for, for Rondo in his right hand or his right thumb. Um, and he like I said, he does not he just he typically doesn't mesh with this team. Now, let me get to LeBron. This is why when LeBron took his talents to L.A., when LeBron left Cleveland again for L.A., for the Lakers, he had three options on the table. He had the option of going to L.A. He chose L.A. He had the option of going to Houston or Philadelphia. Now, as I think we could all admit, during the time that LeBron left for the Lakers, during that free agency that year free agency we can all admit that the Houston Rockets and the 76ers had better basketball situations for LeBron to join he had i mean i mean houston has james harden and had chris paul and a really good team and especially that year i mean that year they were really close to beat they were really close to beating the warriors in the conference finals that year so, the Houston, Houston Rockets was, a, was an absolute better basketball choice than the Lakers. 76ers had a young emerging squad. J.J. Redick and Ben Simmons and, um, and Dario Sarvich, Joel Embiid. They had a better basketball situation up there in Philadelphia. LeBron chose L.A. And when he chose L.A., he didn't just, I mean, I'm sure LeBron still cares about winning. I'm sure Lebron still thinks he has a shot at winning this title. I think I feel very strongly about that. But the move to LA was more of a business decision. A lot—he has a lot of business and he has a lot of business ventures that are going to take off, or that has already taken off. And a lot, you know, I, I read different articles the people out in hollywood, lebron's been rubber elbows with. they really like him as a guy, obviously as the athlete we all know how great he is. and this is the point. lebron and i and i've mentioned this. lebron is in mobile stage. like he has his three titles, he won two in miami, he has the he has the victorious one in in 2016 with the cavaliers coming back from 3-1, the 3-1 deficit. you know, after that title a lot of us, a lot of the media, a lot of people around the world, a lot of people, a lot of us just went on and said, and we just acknowledged that LeBron is the second greatest player ever. By that, I mean, by that time, after all he's done, the records, the stats, and then that championship, the cap it off. I mean, LeBron's, LeBron's legacy is already set in stone. You know, a lot of you guys watched The Last Dance. A lot of you guys think that Jordan is the GOAT. Um, I I, I don't think you're wrong, but there's a lot of people out there that no matter what LeBron's like, no matter what LeBron does, they're just not going to elevate LeBron over Jordan. I mean, and that's what I talked about. I talked about this after the last dance. I'm like, you know, LeBron, it's a lot to chase. It's a lot for LeBron to chase and to overcome Jordan. So a lot of you guys are never gonna you're never gonna claim him as the greatest player of all time. And a lot of you guys have just put him at the second greatest player of all time, which is a great legacy. LeBron is furthering, he's advancing his status. He's worth $750 million. He's almost damn near worth he's almost worth a he's almost worth a billion dollars. His that's his net worth. He's almost a billionaire. And he's still playing. So LeBron, I told you guys, LeBron is in mogul stage. I'm sure he still wants to win this title this year. I'm sure he still wants to win. But let's be honest, when he joined the Lakers with that young squad, the Lakers, let's just think about it. The Lakers front office was was in complete chaos. You had you had you had Jeannie Buss and her brother fighting over who's gonna have the reins. Yeah, Magic Johnson, Rob Palenka, I always thought that was a weird match. Magic Johnson left, not you know Rob Polinka, He's a respected, he's a respected agent around the league. But as a GM, as a as a front office guy, he hasn't really done nothing impressive. Let's be honest, he hasn't. I mean, they did And I and I don't, don't want to bash the Lakers front office, but they have tried their best with you know with the things that's been given to them. To surround LeBron with a championship level, quote unquote, roster, this is the best they can do at the. At, I mean, at this juncture, at this moment. So LeBron's in mogul stage, and like I said, we all knew when LeBron when LeBron joined the Lakers, it felt more like a business decision. It felt more like a business decision. As simple as that. Um, and I'm sure you know he's been. He, you know he he went out and got Anthony Davis. They acquired some veterans and some other pieces. He still got a young guy like Kyle Kuzma. I, I, I'm not counting the Lakers out of winning this year's title. I'm not doing that because I still. I, I think I think they're still legit title contenders. I think they're still title contenders. But this is this is Lebron came here from mogul stage because LeBron is in the mogul stage. And if, if you want to talk about Rondo, like I said, Rondo, I didn't think he quite meshed with this team. And I think this Rondo injury um, is more, it's addition by subtraction because now the Lakers coaching staff will have to give more minutes to guys like Alex Caruso, KCP, uh, Danny Green, J.R. Smith, Dion De- Waiters, and I want to like with the with Caruso and LeBron uh they're actually good together on the floor surprisingly with Caruso not being like a great shooter you wouldn't think the two mesh but LeBron and Caruso when they're on the floor as a duo together uh according you know per 100 possessions they are plus 21 that is that is the highest in the league by any duo any duo you can think of that is the highest plus-minus by any collective duo that have played enough minutes together. As far, you know, with plus-minus. That's the highest in the league. So I think it's a little bit more by addition, addition by subtraction. Um, if, you think, if you think Rondo's going to have that playoff, if you think he's going to turn into playoff Rondo, he'll be back in the second round to show you. I mean, because that's with the timetable, six to eight weeks, that's around the sec. That's 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 the that's around the second round. About, so if you think he's gonna turn into playoff Rondo, he'll show you in the second round. But the Avery Bradley loss, I think, is much more impactful. He's a guy that can defend. He's a guy that can shoot the three. Um, and the Lakers win against the Clippers this year. He was really big. He came up really huge. So the Lakers just they gotta find somebody, whether it be Danny Green or Kyle Kuzma. Uh KCP, Deion Waiters, J.R. They're gonna have to find you know one of those two guys to fill in the shoes of Avery Bradley and what he brought to the Lakers and what he brought to rotation. But as far as LeBron and his like his legacy, I think that's I think that's pretty much he's he's gonna probably go down as the second greatest player of all time. Because there's a lot of I mean, there's a lot of you guys that just won't elevate him over Jordan. And I'm not saying LeBron is better than Jordan. I'm not saying that. That's a whole different conversation for a whole different day, <laughs> for a whole different episode. But I just know, watching the doc, seeing a lot of people's responses, you I mean, it's just a lot of people out there, a lot of people out there, and and just about most, I, I think I don't know, I can't tell, but I just know there's a lot of people out there that's going to be always hesitant, no matter what LeBron does, to elevate him over Jordan. So, his legacy is pretty much sealed. Second greatest player of all time. He's going to have a lot. He's going to have some big-time stats. He's going to have some mind-crushing stats and numbers and records. And he's going into... He's in mogul stage. He's in mogul stage. He's definitely in mogul stage. You can go, you can go read articles you can go read news you can go on the internet go look it up lebron the people that lebron's rubbing, rubbing elbows with in hollywood they love him they love him and i heard that his family is you know he loves la his family loves his family loves la the kids love la he so it, it it's a it's a perfect match as far as taking his um his mole like as far as taking his business ventures to the next level, it's a good match. Was it the best basketball move two years ago? Was it the best basketball move? No, because you had you had you had you had a team like Houston with James Harden and Chris Paul who were very close to beating the Warriors. You had a you had a rising young team in Philadelphia with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons and JJ Reddick and Dario Saric. You. you he had better basketball options on the table, but decided to not take them. He took the Lakers, he took LA, he chose LA. More I think it's more of a business move and advancing his mogul stage more than a basketball move. Simple as that. It was it was more than a basket. It was, it was more than a basketball move. It was a business move. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's nothing wrong with it. Because I feel like, you know, when when you have your legacy sealed a guy like LeBron, when you have your legacy sealed, and your legacy is pretty much what it is. I th- this I think business is not. This is not a bad next level to go to. It's not. It's not. And it's not. This is no. This this is not a negative point at LeBron. This is not. Uh, this is not a negative point at LeBron. I think this is just a matter of what he chose. That's all. I don't. I don't. This is not a negative. This is not a poke at LeBron. I still think the Lakers have good title odds. I, I still like their chances. Um uh, have their chances gone down. Uh, you know, has, is, is, does it seem more lopsided when you match them up between the Clippers? Mm, maybe. Maybe. Some people would argue absolutely. But this is what it is. This this is just what the situation is. So um let's let's move on. Okay, so we're going into the NBA bubble, and like I said, I mentioned social issues. I've been talking about social issues um, on this podcast a lot lately. I've been talking about I've been talking about social issues, and the NBA they they're very progressive. They they look forward. The NBA they move quickly on these types of things, but the NBA uh, they so. The NBA gave players the options to put justice, social justice slogans on the back of their jerseys in replacement of their last names. Now, I'm sure there's some players around the league um, that came that had some that had some. That had some things in mind, some slogans in mind, some sayings in mind that they might want to have, that, that they might might have wanted to put on their back of their jersey. The NBA provided players with the list. I didn't like that approach at all. I didn't like that approach at all with the NBA and uh, with the NBA front office providing players with a list of things that they could put on the back of their jerseys. I don't think that I don't think they I don't think the NBA went about that the right way. I don't think they went about that the right way. Uh, I think they should have allowed players to put whatever they want on it with some restrictions. Some restrictions, we, we you know you know with some rest- restrictions. But I also want to connect because the big news about uh, the big news surrounding that is. LeBron doesn't want to put nothing on the back of his jersey. LeBron's not going to put nothing on the back of his jersey. And I, and I agree. I, I, me, personally, I don't care about what's on the back of players' jerseys. Um, I know it's always good to spread awareness and make people aware of the injustices, uh, if that's a word, <laughs> um, the inequalities, the, the lack of equity uh, in the systemic racism within this country that's been going on for a very long time, I'm all for spreading awareness of that. Of course, I'm all for that. But I think we we often and not and not just the NBA because I don't want to isolate the NBA as this is as as you know the NBA being this company the only company that does this because there's a lot of big time companies mega companies actually that that has that have examples of this, of just spreading awareness. And it's good. We're great. We're all, I mean, I think with the temperature of the country, with the temperature of the world for the last, like, month or so, I think we all know. I think we're all aware. So we, I know it's good to keep, you know, keep giving reminders about the awareness and the, and all that and Black Lives Matter. I think we all got it. I think we're all aware and, quote, unquote, woke, I think we all got it, or well, we should. But I think the you know this is this this is just another distraction from the real problem. Instead of actually, like that's why that's why when you know when Drew Brees made his remarks, and when you know someone you know I wanted results. I want actions. That's why I asked for actions. I asked. For results. Because we should be focusing. We, we The real attention should go to. Police reform. Don't you know lynching. Is still. Not like. The lynch. like in The Emmett Till situation. That happened. Federal government is supposed to put a bill in place. I think it's called like the anti-lynching bill. It's something—it's something towards anti-lynching, and the government has yet to put that bill in place. That has that bill—that particular bill has just been sitting, and they've yet to put that in place. It's stuff like this we should be talking about police reform. Yes, it's always good to aware. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm aware. We—I think most of us are aware of the police brutality and the systemic racism. And, and how police interact with black people. We all get that. Why haven't the federal government come up with, like, any police reform? Why haven't I seen any police reforms? Any police reform laws? Any police reform bills? Instead, we, we jump to the extreme measure of just defunding the police. Okay, so who's going to protect and serve? Like, I get it. Defund the police. You want to, you know... I think you know. I looked at some of these. Some of these, like I saw, I saw the NY, the NY, uh, the NYPD budget. They don't. They don't need all that money. The New York City Police does not need all that money. The, the New York Police Department does not need all of that money. Take some money away, reform it, but you know we're talking about defund the police. Well, who's going to protect and serve? We're going to we should be talking about economic injustice you want we should be talking about racial inequality prison reform we should be talking about all these things because there's people there's black people there's black people that have that have, that's in jail that's incarcerated for for marijuana use for 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 possession of marijuana there's, there's black people in jail for possession of marijuana. But now, hell, marijuana is a multi-million dollar company. It's a multi-million dollar industry. Marijuana, the use of it and the, sell, the, and the product of marijuana is a multi-million dollar industry. Yet, they are, there are black people that are in jail. And when I say black, I mean, I'm like, there's a lot of black people that's in jail for possession of marijuana. Or marijuana related. And they're in jail. Once again. (laughs) Marijuana is a multi-million dollar business. There are black people. Once again. uh, There are a lot of black people. In jail. For the use. Or just something related. Towards marijuana. We should be talking about prison reform. I, I, I know. I get it. NBA, great gesture. I think they went about it the wrong way with giving the players a set list. Cause I saw Jalen, it's like Jalen Brown, LeBron. I'm sure, Dwight. I'm sure these guys had something in mind that was not on that list that the NBA provided, and they wanted to go with something else, but they couldn't because the NBA provided a list that they had to stick to. That shouldn't. Have, I think the NBA should have. They should have. I mean, then with the best player, with LeBron James, the best player, your best player of your company, with him being probably the most outspoken athlete, I think as far as in the modern day, at least in my generation, at least in my generation, when it comes to social justice issues and society issues, I think LeBron James, in my generation, as far as an athlete, is the closest thing to Muhammad Ali. He's the closest thing to Muhammad Ali, and for the NBA not to run anything past him concerning that situation, I think was wrong. They handled it the wrong way. They went about it the wrong way. But I think, but I, I think that whole thing with the slogans on the back of a jersey, I think it's a. I think I, I, I just think it's a distraction. It's a distraction. It's a, it's a distraction from the real problems that we have as a country. And it's like I said, awareness, want to spread awareness, great. But how long have we been spreading awareness? Like, we see these videos all over the internet with black people being mistreated. We, we, we see these videos just floating around, <laughs> Like, they, I mean, we, with these phones, social media, everybody recording something, we see it floating around every day on a daily. On a daily. I see news. I see articles. I see, I see, I see stories. We see it. So the awareness is there. Like, if you're, if you're not aware, you choose not to be aware. Because there's no way on God's green earth in this day and age that you can't be aware of certain things. Simple as that. So I get spreading awareness. That's good and great. That's good and great. But we need to get down to the real problem. We need to put our big boy pants on, and we need to get down to the real problem. And, And we need to pay real attention to these problems. Economic injustice. Housing reform. Prison reform. Police reform. We should talk about those real issues. Instead of, you know, I, I'm, you know, I, like I said, I think it's a great gesture, but I think it's just a distraction. It's a circus. It's becoming a circus. And it's, I think it's just a distraction from the real problem that we should be paying real attention to. Now, um, since we're already, since, you know, I I don't want to turn this into uh, a social or society. I don't, I don't I, you know, this is a sports podcast. I want to, as much as I like to talk about sports as much as I want to come on here and talk about sports to you guys, I just can't. I mean, with the climate, with the temperature of the world, I always say feel the temperature in the room. Read the temperature in the room. I always say that. I said it on this pod. But, I mean, I just can't, cause I, I just can't come in here, come on here, and, you know, talk about sports, all sports, all day, and not talk about these social issues that's been going on, that's been lingering I can't I can't I'm sorry so we're gonna talk about it (laughs) we're gonna you know I gave you some sports talk to start it off with I'm gonna get back to sports (laughs) you know my my list is fully packed but we gotta unpack this we gotta unpack this so you just came here for the sports talk thank you but no thank you because I want you to hear this too I want you to hear this too if you came here just for the sports talk Thank you, I appreciate it greatly. But we, I, I, I'm doing more than just talking about sports. We gotta, we gotta tackle these social issues. So the Washington football team officially retired their nickname, and this is this that nickname that the Reds, that the Washington, that, that Washington team that the Washington team used for many years. Was, uh, was a racist slur. And with, with the social climate that we're in right now, it had to be changed. And it, and it doesn't matter about the climate that we're in right now because it needed to change. But this right here, the situations that we have been seeing and that have been occurring, this just puts icing on the cake because this needed to be changed. This needed to happen. So I'm glad for the, I'm glad for the Native American community. But going back to my point about the, the, the point that I made last, the, the point that I made not too long ago when I went on my rant with the social issues. This these type of things that that name, the Washington name has been used for about 87 years that, that name, that, that slur has been used for 87 years. For the last 87 years, that is what we've been calling that Washington team. And, you know, this is not a this is not a symbolic change for the Native, community, Native American community. This is something big for the Native American community, and it should be. It should be. But once again, I I you know when I saw this from Stephen A yesterday, uh I, I completely agreed with it. Once again, this is another ethnic group that I, I'm not I'm not mad, I'm not mad, I'm not mad with it, but it just shows you when it comes to black people in this country, we are still looking for changes it's just we want results and actions like i said we got nba players trying to put things on the back of their jerseys and the the you know we got we got rallies and peaceful protests going on peaceful protests going on peaceful protests going on we got the, we got that going on We have rallies. We have, you know, we're trying to paint Black Lives Matter. They painted Black Lives Matter up in New York on Fifth Avenue. They painted uh, Black Lives Matter down here in my city in D.C., not too far away from the White House. But we have, there's footage of of black men, black people getting killed. And there's no, there's yet to be any, any action, any result uh, with the, 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 I I mean, hell, the murderers of Breonna Taylor are still out walking around. She was murdered. She was killed by plain clothed police officers that came, that, that, that came into her property with a no knock warrant. And come to find out, they killed her because of gentrification plans. And yet, and yet, her killer, her murderer, whoever killed that girl, and we know who killed her, but they're still out walking free to this day as I'm speaking. That's all. When we, that's all. That's all. I'm, that's all. I, that's all. I'm saying. When 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 people come out and say hey, we need to do this, we need to do that. Well, let's let's act. Let's, I want to see it. I want to see actions. I want to see results. And just too often, just too often, just too often, the black community often have to experience this with no results, and you know, no no legislation being passed within the federal government. No, no, no police reform. No, no prison reform. That's all I'm saying. I'm not crying wolf. I'm glad for the Native American community. It, I know it probably means a lot t- towards that community to see that that Washington nickname has been removed and retired. I'm glad for it. I'm happy for it. I was for it. But it just makes me look back on. The, the black community and what has been done by its oppression by its oppressors It, it it you know we we still are looking for results and actions we're still looking for results and actions and that's all i'm calling for that's all i'm calling for i'm all that's all i'm calling calling for now on a on a on a funnier note um so there was this Alex. This so there is a city in Virginia, not too not too far away from DC, Alexandria, Virginia. There's this villager. This there's, there's this villager. I don't know him, but it was a report that I saw. He went and trademarked a lot of potential Washington names that the Washington that the football team is going to probably have to use. He went and trademarked a lot of those names. They're probably gonna have to pay him if they want to use they're, they're gonna have to pay him if they want to use one of those names that he trademarked. He trademarked like 20 different options. Crazy. It's crazy to think about it. But I just thought that was just a side note pertaining towards the Washington news. Now let's move on to um, let's move on to Dak Prescott's contract. I, I mean boy. You know, I've been talking about how we're so close to sports and how the NBA season is about to resume. Boy, oh boy, this is a story that I've been covering, that I've been talking about for the last year. Like literally, literally. I was talking about this same exact story a year ago, a year ago, during the summertime last year. And Dak and the Cowboys have yet to come to an agreement. Uh there is a deadline that the Cowboys will have to meet if they wanna that the that the Cowboys and Dak will have to meet if they wanna agree upon a long term deal. Um unless they don't do that by tomorrow, um Dak will be pa- playing on the franchise tag that is worth thirty one just about thirty one and a half million dollars. And I'm, you know, I'm seeing all of these, I'm seeing all of these eight, because there was an anonymous group of agents, and they came out and said, hey, Dak has a lot of leverage. And I'm seeing a lot of people say, hey, Dak has leverage. Dak has leverage. And I'm like, oh, does he really? First, I want to get to what's happening within the NFL and what's happening in the world of economics. I want to get into that. There's a pandemic right we're in the pandemic there's a spike of covid-19 cases in regional areas there's a spike certain areas that got that that did not get hit as hard um a couple months ago are now getting hit hard states like florida texas states of those sorts did not get hit hard with covid-19 back in april and may but in the last month or so, their numbers have went up they've seen a spike so and the, and the economy is not doing so well and I'm just looking I'm just looking towards the future. The NFL may not have a lot of fans at games if any there's a possibility that the NFL yeah they might play the season out, but the season may not pertain fans being at games. So what does that mean? Oh, revenue is going to go down. And if revenue goes down, oh, what does that mean? (laughs) The salary cap is going to go down. Now, the Cowboys, if you're not aware, but I'm sure just about every Cowboy fan is aware that there's a contract dispute. that, and, and, and the Cowboys have paid a lot of guys. Ezekiel Elliott. They have paid their O-lineman. They have paid Jalen Smith. They have paid Demarcus Lawrence. They have paid Amari Cooper. The Cowboys have paid quite a few guys. Yet to, you know, they have yet to just ink the deal with Dak. If Jerry Jones was hesitant, if Jerry Jones was hesitant to give Dak a long-term deal before the pandemic when the economy was doing great what makes you think Dak is going to get a long-term deal for Jerry Jones when the economy were in the pandemic or post-pandemic and the revenue is not up in NFL it's actually going down because there's no fans at the games and and the salary cap goes down as well. You think you think Jerry Jones gonna? Oh, I think I'm gonna actually make a prediction. And Chris Jones, uh, star D tackle um, from Kansas City, Chris Jones, he just inked a deal. But I think that might the Patrick Mahomes, Christian McCaffrey, and Chris Jones deal might be the last three big deals that we see. Because moving forward, moving forward, going into next offseason, who's, who's going to see big deals? Teams are not going to be able to give out big deals because of the salary gap. Teams are not going to be able to give out deals. They're not going to be, out, going to be able to give these huge deals. They're not. It's as simple as that. They're not gonna be able to give out these huge deals that Christian McCaffrey received this, this offseason, that Dak Pres- I mean that Patrick Mahomes received this offseason, that Chris Jones just got. That's not gonna happen for Dak. I I, I mean, at least I don't think so. If revenue is gonna go down, because I think there's there's a real possibility that fans may not be able to go to games or or even if fans are able to go to games, I'm sure there's going to be a limited number of fans that can go to games. So revenue is going to go down. And the salary cap is going to go down along with that. How in the hell are the Cowboys going to pay Dak a long-term deal? And the thing for Patrick Mahomes that, you know, a lot of people, a lot of agents, a lot of anonymous agents are banging on, they're not, you know, they're, 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 They're just totally against Patrick Mahomes in the 12-year deal that he just got. But in this climate, in this economic climate, job security is probably the number one priority. Because you just don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what the outcome is going to be. In this world that we're living in right now with the pandemic, that should be your first priority job security job security and with a 12-year deal that Patrick Mahomes has he is he is securing job security he has secured that so people banging on Patrick Mahomes for the 12-year deal but Dak doesn't want a 12-year deal Dak wants a four-year deal he wants to test the market as soon as possible. But I I just don't know how he's gonna do that. I, I just don't know how he's gonna do that. I just don't know how you guys think, oh, you know, Jerry Jones is gonna pay Dak after Pant. How? Saddle crap's gonna go down, revenue's gonna be down. How? How? Just how? How? I'm gonna take a quick break, but after this quick break, I'm gonna get back to this Dak in some more Cowboys insight and news. You know, I'm going to resume my uh, my take on Dak Prescott's uh, contract dispute between the Cowboys. And, you know, people, I, 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 you know, the, the earlier segment, the segment before this, I talked about how I don't know why, I don't know where people get where I don't know where agents get this notion that Dak has leverage. <laughs> I don't get it. With, I don't I don't understand where they get it from. Um now I do think Dak has totally outperformed his contract uh, as a fourth rounder. As a fourth round draft pick, he has certainly outperformed his contract. He has certainly done so. But um his rookie year he had a really good he had a really good rookie campaign. His second year was much of a drop off. His third year was pretty much the same, a little bit better. Um last year it was an eight. It was a. It was an eight and eight year. It had just ups and downs. If you look at his numbers last year, you'd be like, "Oh wow, this guy should have gotten paid." But I look at his numbers and I'm like, "He's stat padded." They traveled. They. I mean, they trailed a lot. The Lakers. I mean, the Lakers. Damn. The Cowboys trailed a lot and find themselves happening to throw the ball awfully a lot. So that's what led to those numbers. So I think those numbers are a little boosted a little bit. I think those numbers are a little boosted. And if you if you just look at his stat line, you're like, oh wow, he, he had a good year. Why aren't they paying him? Well, there's questions, you know, he didn't win a lot of big the, the, the games that he was supposed the games that he was supposed to win, he won. But there's a lot of big time games that the that the Cowboys did not win. There's a lot of big time games against winning against teams with winning records that they just couldn't pull through against. So I, I still have my questions about Dak. Dak hasn't. He hasn't won a Super Bowl. He hasn't came close to it in the Super Bowl. He's won a playoff game, but there's no his. There's no history that the Cowboys are risk are at risk of losing. Dak doesn't have the strongest arm. Dak isn't the most talented. Dak isn't the most athletic. So they're not losing anything with that. With I mean, with that point. And then, like, here's the thing. Here's the thing with NFL teams and how they go about with quarterbacks. NFL teams, when they feel like they have the right guy at the quarterback position, they pay him. They pay him. The good, the, I mean, if you have a good quarterback and he's good early and you, you, you just pay him. You go out and pay him. And I have I have examples of this. Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes. They've been they've been we've been talking about like this DAC deal. We've been talking about it for a year, but with with you know with the with the trajectory that Mahomes is heading, we have been talking about Patrick Mahomes receiving an extension. And that extension, we all thought and we all predicted. Most of us predicted that that extension. Was gonna be a big number. We knew that it was gonna be a, a it was gonna be a, a a great price tag, to it. It was. They worked on a deal. They got the deal done quickly. Boom. Philly and Carson Wentz. They didn't waste no time in working on a deal. They worked on a deal, got it done, inked it up, and and he has injury problems. Carson Wentz, you guys, you guys tell me all the time. Oh, Carson Wentz, he stays hurt. Well, Philly loves his talent. Philly went on and paid him. They paid him big bucks. Seattle and Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, you know, Seattle heard the rumblings about Russell Wilson and him, you know, him possibly going to New York and him liking New York as a destination. They went on and got a deal done. Boom. They went on and got a deal done. So when when teams feel like they have the right guy at the right position, they go out and get those guys. They go out and get those. They go out and sign them. They re-sign them. They retain them. Deshaun Watson in Houston is going to be in the same situation. Uh, as you know, they're working on a deal. Deshaun Watson is going to get his money. Lamar Jackson eventually is going to get his money. So when you're talking about this Dak situation, I, you know, I have broke this Dak. I like, you guys can go look at my discography you know with my podcast episodes i have talked about dac i have i have talked about dac i have gave you so many possible scenarios that this thing could go into i've gave i've gave you guys i've broken down m- metrics i've given you guys a lot so you make what you want of this dac deal um i don't think it's going to get done but there's been Cowboy reporters for the last year saying this deal was going to get was going to get done. Here we are, July 14th. The deadline is July 15th. And they haven't the two sides haven't talked since March. So I I, I mean, frankly, I don't see a deal getting done. Um, maybe it's one of those close deals. Uh, Chris Jones, he just got he just he just inked the deal. And I'm hearing now there's reports, uh, and this is actually breaking news, there's reports that Miles Garrett is closing in on a deal. Um, So, you know, maybe Jerry Jones, he finds a way tonight, later tonight, uh, or very early tomorrow, and he gets a deal done, and they ink it up. Um, But I just just don't see it. I I just don't see it happening. And, you know, a lot of Cowboy reporters have been telling me it's going to happen. Um, so Bleacher Report, <laughs> Bleacher Report, they came out with a few lists, Bleacher Report came out with a few lists, so Bleacher Report came out and ranked the top running backs, um, Ezekiel Elliott was not in the top 10, Zeke is in the top three of running backs, Zeke is the top three running back in football. There's not there's there's nobody there's not a lot of people that will tell you that Zeke is not top five, but uh, in a lot of people's eyes he's top three. I look at this deal now, they, and then the I mean, not this deal because I'm gonna get into that. But Bleacher Report also came out with a rankings of most overpaid players on teams. They came out with all the all the you know all the overpaid players they thought on each team. And guess who the Cowboys over the most overpaid player was? Ezekiel Elliott. So <laughs> Bleach Report obviously is totally wrong with these two rankings that they have came out. Uh, they came, they the, the Bleach Report did a series of rankings. Bleach Report did a series of rankings uh this this past week this past weekend, I seen a series of rankings. They ranked Russell Westbrook as the twenty second best player in the n b a uh I don't agree with that one. <laughs> they came out with uh best running backs top ten run, top running backs um Zeke was outside the top ten that is that is i vehemently disagree with that one um and then they came out with the list of most over overpaid players on each team. And they they ranked Zeke as the most overpaid cowboy. And I would challenge people and I would challenge them. I don't know what the hell Bleach Report is doing. They need to probably go. I mean, well, I mean, they need to go back to headquarters or the office because um, Bleach Report. I don't know if they were. I don't know if they're still working from home. Are these media companies working from home? Because uh, you look at that Bleach Report. Uh, they need to get back in the office. If they're not in the office, they need to get back in the office. They need to get back in the office. They need to go back to headquarters because because Zeke is not the most overpaid cowboy. If you actually dissect Zeke's deal, Zeke deal is fairly it's team friendly compared to Amari Cooper's and Demarcus Lawrence deal. Zeke's deal is very team friendly. It's a it's a team friendly deal when you compare it up against Demarcus Lawrence. Demarcus Lawrence, he has a $100 million deal getting paid about $21 million a year, uh, guaranteed. He's getting paid $20 million a year. He had career lows across the board last year. I mean, Demarcus Lawrence had career lows across the the board last year. Demarcus Lawrence, he's not a top five defensive lineman. I'm sure that, you know, they need to come out with a list. I mean, Bleacher Report need to come out with a list of top defensive linemen. Because if, 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 he, if, if Demarcus Lawrence is not in your top five of defensive linemen, then how is he not the, over, the most overpaid cowboy? Because I think Demarcus Lawrence or Amari Cooper are the most overpaid cowboys. Demarcus Lawrence is not a top five defensive lineman in football. I'm sorry. He's pretty good. He had a breakout year a couple of years ago. But last year he had career lows across the board, and he's just and he's just not a top. He's just not a top five defensive lineman in football, and he's and he's surely getting paid like it. <laughs> so I would challenge Bleacher Report to go look at the Cowboys' other salaries. Amari Cooper, he's getting paid a lump sum. Now his deal was highly criticized. By 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 a lot of people, it was highly criticized because he's getting paid. Amari Cooper's getting paid like he's a top five receiver, but he's not even a he's not nowhere near he's not nowhere close to being a top five receiver. And some would argue he's barely cracking the top ten. Now, you are what your worth. Teams are willing to pay you. That's 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 the that's the NFL thing. If if a team is willing to pay you that. Then that's what you're worth. But Amari Cooper is not, he's not, he's not a top five receiver. And some would probably argue he's not a top ten receiver. Plus, we have performances from Omar Amari Cooper that you know in the in the one performance the two perform, the two games that really stand out to me when, when we're talking about Amari Cooper, and he's such a nice guy, and he's a good receiver. I don't I don't mean I mean no disrespect towards him. But he's a good receiver, and he seems like a nice, mannerable, mannerable guy. But the two games, the two moments that stuck out to me last year, all last year, about Amari Cooper was the Jets game where he, he, he had some strange injury, just won himself, and he decided to sit out, okay, and the New England Patriots game. Where I know Stephon Gilmore is the best corner in football. But if you're getting paid like this, you gotta you gotta make you gotta I mean he had no catches. He had no catches. No catches for zero yards. That's a total disappearing act. And when you're getting paid this type of money, you can't just disappear. You can't have disappearance. You can't have disappearing acts. No. No. You're you're not afforded that. When you're getting paid the lump sum that you're getting paid. So I would encourage Bleach Report, to, if they're not already in headquarters or back in their office or regular workspace, they need to get back to that. Because when they're putting out stupid lists like this, it, it, idiotic lists like this, it's just absolutely crazy. It's absolutely crazy. With I mean, this list, it's, a, it's, it's, it's crazy. Most Zeke is the most overpaid cowboy. Zeke is the most overpaid cowboy? Most of us, most of the football world think Zeke is a top three running back. And then you have guys like DeMarcus Lawrence, who's making a lump sum, he's getting twenty he's getting twenty million dollars a year, and Amari Cooper, he's getting paid a lump sum. Those guys are not even top five in their position. <laughs> They're not even top five players at their position. And Zeke is the most overpaid cowboy? No way, Jose. I'll be back after this quick break. No way, boy! Oh, boy! My Invisalign is—they're—they're uh, they're aching me. But um, so let's close this thing out. Let's close this bad boy out. Um, so <clears throat> the last thing I want to hit you guys with is this. Uh, I was watching the Odell. It's on. Odell Beckham has a YouTube channel, and it's him. V- Victor Cruz is the is the moderator, and you know Todd Gurley, Cam Newton, and Odell Beckham himself uh they were they were answering questions talking about the clear you know talking about things that are relevant today what's going on with the n f l um you know systemic race you know society issues that has been talk- that's been talking about for the last that we've been talking about for the last um month or or so um, Black Lives Matter. They they got into all of that in their new teams or well Cam and Todd Gurley's new teams and new locations. They talked about all of that. It was a pretty good interview. Uh, I'm a huge Odell Beckham guy. I like Odell a lot. I think um, in that in that in that YouTube interview or video, it's hour long. I think with him, you know, I think he has definitely matured in taking the next level in his maturity. um, he was young, made some mistakes. Some of that, the some of that has to do with the Giants and them losing, and him being such a competitor. Um, and the Giants, just I mean, as we see right now to this day, they just they just they're just not a good team. They haven't bounced back quite yet. Um, some of us think Daniel Jones is pretty good. Um, we still got to see him. We got to see what that old line looks like and so forth. But. I was also looking at pro football focus, and pro Football Focus had this list of fifteen players that have that 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 need to prove something this year they're top fifteen players that have a lot to prove and Odell Beckham and Baker Mayfield was amongst they were the two that were amongst the fifteen players that have something to prove. Now this offseason I have been talking about Baker Mayfield and the Browns heavy. I've been talking about them heavy this offseason because I mean, let's be honest. They're must CTV. They're one of the most they're one of the more interesting teams and stories uh for the football for the upcoming football season. Uh just with the character that the characters that they have and the personalities that they have on their roster, not to mention There's some expectations there. With a roster, with this much talent on offense, um, defense is pretty solid as well. And a Kevin Stefanski that we don't know what he is as a coach, but we like who he is as an offensive play caller. There's a lot of expectations and a lot of high stakes coming into this season. Simple as that. Um, and I've been talking. In last week, I talked about the David, the Joku situation, in the trade rumors, and him wanting out. I talked about Kevin Stefanski and his ultimate system. Now, looking at the video, Odell Beckham talked about. He talked about his ex- his expectations for the excuse me for the upcoming year. I'm going to play the clip. So in this clip, Victor Cruz posed a question towards. Uh, Todd Gurley, Cam Newton, Odell Beckham Now when it got to OBJ He talked about his desires He talked about what he's looking forward to This upcoming season I gave you guys my premise And what I think about the upcoming season Here's the clip Um, And for me this year I'm trying to kill. Yeah. Like that's it. I want an opportunity to catch the ball. I want a, I want the same opportunities that all these other receivers have in the league where they're getting two thousand targets, ending up with 150 catches. You know what I mean? Like I wanna be in a position where I can succeed because the football is, is not the same as basketball. You can get dumped on, right? I catch this, I'm coming down two times and I'm slamming. Okay, so you get you get the point and you get the premise right there. I'm just gonna play that. I'm just uh, just play that snippet right there for you guys. You can go check out the um that whole table talk, um on YouTube uh, via Odell Beckham Jr.'s channel channel that he has on YouTube. But that is what he feels that that that's his goals. Those are his goals for the upcoming season. And I have I have been I'm pro. i have been more. I've been pro. Odell Beckham, then anti. And I knew that was going to be his approach. Coming off an injury, him finally being healthy, uh, and he's coming off with some serious injuries. Him finally being healthy, I think the the Giants situation was a bit strange. I don't think it was all his fault, like I said. But with Odell and with Baker and Kevin Stefanski, Kevin Stefanski had a similar personnel in Minnesota with two really good receivers, two talented receivers on the outside. And I'm not saying Odell, I'm not saying that it's impossible for Odell to have a year when he he has 100 catches, 1,500 yards, and 12 touchdowns. I'm not saying it's impossible because it is very possible. With his talent, he has the talent to do that. And I think with his talent, he could, be, he could possibly be the best receiver in football with his talent. Is he the best receiver in football right now? No, obviously. But with his talent, with his skill set, I think he can be. And I'm a big fan. But with Kevin Stefanski's system, what I know about Kevin Stefanski and the success that he had last year, Minnesota ran the football. The Vikings ran football. The football last year, they ran it on first down, they ran it on second down, and depending on how the first two downs went, they probably ran it on third down. Cam's the won a playoff game, got to the playoffs, won a playoff game against the Saints in the Dome. So there's some success there, and that's all Cleveland is looking for. That's all Cleveland should be looking for but with Odell and his desires and with he and his expectations which I think which I don't know if they're attainable I don't think they're impossible but looking at so many miles to be fed so many miles have to be fed with that Cleveland Browns team even if the Browns do decide to trade David Njoku still you have Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper—volume guys that need their touches. So that's the downside to Cleveland. I think that's the, I think that's clearly the downside to Cleveland and what could possibly be what could possibly be the negative and downside to Cleveland um, in the Brown season. I still think they'll go nine and seven with the roster and the talent that they have, both offense and defense. Um, improved coaching. I think Kevin Stefanski is a step up. He might be a couple steps up from. Freddie Kitchens that had no experience and that had no business coaching that team last year. So <laughs> so I think, Od- I think Odell, I think he's going to have a good season. I don't know if he's going to have, you know, to what he talked to. I don't know if he's going to have that good of a season. But I think he's going to have a good season and, you know, show people that he's healthy, show people that he's fully healthy, back on track. I think Baker will have a good season. I- I- I've been saying these things for a while, since the draft. Since I looked at Cleveland's roster and see and seen how they have uh, built their O line, I like I, I like what they've done. I I really do like what they've done throughout the season. I mean, throughout the off season, in drafting and rebuilding their O line because that was the weak. That was the one glaring weakness that they had, especially at the tackle position. Their tackles, their left tackle, right tackle last year was not the greatest positions. They were really bad and really struggling in need of that position. So, um thank you guys for tuning in. That that's all we have today. It was a loaded schedule, loaded, pack schedule. Um a lot of news. Um we getting the NBA back soon. A couple more weeks I think. I think yeah, a couple more weeks the NBA, NBA will be back. Um we are we, we we have a we we we're getting some sports back. We got the, we got baseball right around the corner we're getting sports back right in the nick of time um we still gotta focus on these social issues we gotta get actions we gotta get results it's it's always good to spread awareness and stuff but i mean i don't know how much aware i don't know how much more aware can we get i think we um you know we we, we, we gotta start seeing some action but um <clears throat> yeah that's gonna do it we uh we had a great run day we we did good today um didn't want to hold you guys much any lo- any longer. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the IKP, the Isaiah K Podcast, episode 136. Episode 136, um, I'll be back later this week. Um, talk about more sports news, and I'll be back. Deuces, peace, always remember two choices, one decision, and I'm out. Peace.